sorry, I, my brain completely fucking farted then. Hello and welcome. I'm Steve. And I'm Al. And I'm Brett. And this is Fools with Tools, a podcast for the hypothetical hemp heckler. Oh, uh, is it? Ooh. <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, how are we? What's everyone up to? Al? Um, so I got as far as writing down, being up to, in my notes. <laughs> so, on Wednesday night, the evening of when the podcast came out, I successfully won the auction for the Vitara. Woo! So third time's a charm. Bit of heartache getting there, but in the end, won it. And doing it this way was like a quarter of the price. So I'm... I'm Miles happier that it's ended out this way. Um, that is being delivered on Thursday. It's now Sunday, so it's coming on Thursday. So I can start immediately. Yay! Um, and in the meantime, I have been tearing down old electronics. I, d- I don't want to say retro because it just feels wrong, but it is <laughs> yeah, over it is. 20 years old, so it is retro. Yeah. Um, game Nintendo GameCubes, to mm. be specific. Um, mm. because they're giving them away uh, on eBay and stuff, be- mostly because people either don't know how to repair them or they don't have controllers or they don't have power packs um, or it's just missing one or two things to get them in working order. And you can pick them up for like 10 quid, which is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I mentioned it last week, also I found like Japanese auction sites where you can get <laughs> a, an intermediary to bid for you. Yeah. Um, and then... Once you've won a few auctions, they will put it in a shipping container and ship it over to you for a cost, and they'll pack it all and stuff. And it's offensively cheap. Like the things that they have. In, I, I know Japan is quite de- Japan is densely populated. Um, there's, <laughs> but there's just so much stuff left over in Japan, like leftover electronics, leftover um, albums, CDs. Every you know, they, they, they just they must just consume so much stuff, mm-hmm. but. They all look after it. They, nothing gets thrown away. So this auction site is just full of anything you can imagine, like technology-wise, cameras, um, audio equipment, that sort of stuff. So I was trying to kind of think, what could I get that's low in size and weight because it's going to be shipped over um, but has value? So mm-hmm. and, and the GameCube and stuff like that and mini-disc players, they're like literally pennies in Japan. So like a, a yen is like, I don't know, like, three pence or something yeah and the bidding starts at one yen <laughs> which i can't even comprehend like yeah. a, th- a thousand yen is six or seven quid so i'm just bidding on fucking anything it's hilarious um <laughs> and then eventually it'll all be shipped over to me so it's more a case of and everything is described as junk on these auctions yeah. so the translation is junk but that basically means that they've just not been tested mm-hmm. so it doesn't yeah. mean that they don't work it just means that nobody's had the time or the energy to to test them you just buy them at your own risk so hopefully i've got a lot of things coming over which will be really fun because the the thing brett we discussed it briefly just even things like the colors of certain consoles which were released in different countries you couldn't get them yeah and in japan it was like the orange gamecube was really uh common that was the launch one but you can't get that in the uk so they're super rare so i'm i'm gonna get a bunch fix them up restore them so i've just been like restoring things learning how to like retro bright plastics and stuff and bring them back to life um, and just various things that you need to do to kind of restore 
Are you making a UV box? I have made a UV box, which is incredibly oh. satisfying. Wow. Um, just a couple wow, of wow, LED, wow. wow, wow, wow. A couple of LED uh, lights off eBay, like 10 quid, uh, and a box and some tinfoil. And it works an absolute charm. Wow. So what's a UV box? So the reason that Ugh, plastic... Steve's never watched one of my spiffing... So, so the reason that plastics go yellow, like old Star Wars toys and stuff, and old PCs... <laughs> The gray plastic it goes yellow. It's UV damage. So there's um UV light sorry. basically changes the sun. Sorry, Brett dying is really distracting. <laughs> Brett Brett tried to make a funny comment and take a victory swig of his yeah, coffee. Trying to take a victory coffee swig. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Um <laughs> But yeah, Sorry, you don't. You, you you, no, 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 no. You don't listen or watch any of our spiffs. So this is very true. I don't. No. Yes, UV box. So um, a lot of old electronics, especially stuff from the eighties and nineties, that is grey plastic, yeah. uh, goes yellow with UV ultraviolet damage. So anything yeah. that's been left near a window goes disgusting colours. Um, contrary to popular belief, it's not the bromine, bromine in the plastic. Um, that's just something that people think because bromine's brown, so they assume that it's that's what's happening. Um, yeah. But it's actually the molecular level; the the plastic is being altered by the UV. Mm-hmm. Um, and weirdly, the way to reverse it is with more UV. <laughs> so <laughs> if you put peroxide on, um, I think that oxidizes or something under UV light, similar to when you get your hair bleach and you put the. UV I was gonna say yeah, yeah, um, and it reverses the process. Nice. And put, brings the plastics back to like absolutely beautiful, like original color. Ooh, oh, yeah, my God. that was that was like offensively like tobacco yellow. Yeah. Um, the only problem is it is really bad for it. It like makes everything brittle. Like it's oh, it's kind of like no. it's kind of like tea cut. Like you, you, oh, yeah, yes, yeah. it'll make your car look nice for the month after you tea cutted it, but you're essentially just eating away at the paint. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, you it's, only want to do it so many times, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and aesthetically, it makes everything look fantastic. But with other stuff, I've been just completely stripping them down and, and painting them because mm. some of the stuff's painted, which is a lot easier than trying to chemically alter plastic. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like um, when Jacko was messing around with the kind of anodizing of the aluminium. Like everything's yeah. got to be super clean and super even, or it goes patchy and blotchy and stuff like that. But no, it's super fun. So I've, I've just, my whole living room is just. Filled with Ted down electronics. And, <laughs> and uh, this, this is a good one, actually. So, so, obviously, again, great for audio, but it's like a clear one. Ooh, and that, and nice. that was just oh like, that was like yellow, like just yeah. pure, like nicotine stained yellow. Um, and that just came up, came up an absolute treat from the from the peroxide. So, the other thing that you uh, mentioned as well is retro bright. The, so, that, so, so retro brighting is when somebody basically discovered this technique. Mm. So it's not a brand. It's it was just the technique that somebody kind of coined for using peroxide to uh, reverse okay. reverse the damage. So it's called retrobrighting, but you can use it anything. It's yeah. just somebody some, somebody wrote a manual of how to do it. Okay, cool. But as I say, I'm I'm reluctant to do it too much because it isn't very good for the plastic. Mm. <laughs> Is yeah, there any the... way to I don't know, undo the brittleness, like tempering or... Yeah, mm-hmm. and heat makes a difference and how long you leave it in there. Um, but as I say, it is the actual um, polymer chains in oh, the plastic okay. that are breaking down. So it's like you can't really... You you could Maybe you could heat it and bring it back. Um, but, the, but also like colored plastics, so some of them are like solid color. So 
that one, for instance, the old classic purple. Yeah. Just goes black in sunlight. Yeah. Um, and you can't you can't breach that because you just get mm. white purple. Right. Yeah. So it's like, well, what do I do for there? Do I do I just sand it back so I'm actually removing plastic? So you can just get like wet and dry and actually just like yeah. physically remove the layer. Um, but I'm just learning all this stuff for like just experimenting, as I say, because everything's so cheap. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not risking anything or losing anything. All this stuff is just on eBay. Like people just think it's broken mm. and they just want rid of it. Like five quid, 10 quid, just get, just take it off my hands. So yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> lapping everything up. <laughs> I'm going to be like a mad, like TV person, but just <laughs> up or I was going to say, are you going to be like on the next series of hoarders or something? <laughs> this is, it's getting a little bit out of control. <laughs> but, uh, that's, yeah, no, that's awesome, man. That's, yeah, I, yeah, I'm um, so excited to see all that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how big a container you get from Japan and what's in it. Because yeah. So what one thing one thing I did get, which I'm super, super proud of, is a, an original 1992 Suzuki Vitara showroom manual. Yes. So it's like it's the catalogue with like the family going for a picnic in the Vitara. Yeah. And the optional like the optional light that comes on when the door opens. <laughs> and it's just like stuff that's just so, so yeah. basic. Like, yeah. uh, you want the, the 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 speed line because it has a clock. <laughs> like a <laughs> but I can't understand why there was an English brochure in Japan. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. But that's so just really obscure things on this website. If, you, if, you, if anyone gets a chance to check it out, it's called Jaws, J-A-U-C-E. Um, and they basically bid on Japanese eBay and all the all the Japanese auction sites for you. Yeah, and it's just it's super fun and yes. costs very little for a bit of a bit yeah. of entertainment. <laughs> I say because what's what's the kind of shipping costs and something like that then? Not the... not a lot. I mean, it's 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 like snail mail. It'll come yeah. by boat, um, and it's basically just by the size. So if it goes over the dimensions of a pallet, yeah, you pay more. Okay, that's that's all it goes by. Nice. Cool. Uh, oh dear. <clears throat> this just seems like a rabbit hole. I'm going to dive down the rest yeah. of the day. Yeah. <laughs> um. Awesome, man. Yeah. That's. Uh, I let's say some of the links you've you've sent for stuff and the screenshots has been it's been really tempting. I'm so glad that I'm broke because otherwise any spare cash would probably end up going there. On well, it, it came. It came from um, <laughs> the guy I spiffed a long time ago, Techmoan. Yes. I think, um, someone else put it in the on the on the fills of tools page recently mm. um as a little reminder but he that, that's how, that's how i heard of it because he got a job lot of like 100 mini disc players for like 80 oh, dollars yes. or something yeah, yeah yeah um and again it was that just sold the scene you don't know if any of them work and he got them all and then they just opened them up and there was like mini discs of people's music in there and, and no like way. recorded um audio and in like english yeah. lessons and stuff and, and <laughs> it's just and it's just fun because you don't know what yeah. these and it's the same i've been getting this stuff and it's, it's got people's like history and and story and it's really interesting yeah it's fucking ace man so what one one guy actually he'd left um he'd left a mini disc in and i took it out and it, it said like dj dj coach um <laughs> and it was a mix and he's obviously a dj yeah and I put it on, it was pretty good. Just like break yeah. beats. Um and I thought, like, I can't record over this. Like he this is he's <laughs> actually his his stuff, his music. So I sent a yeah. message to him on eBay and he was like, Oh yeah, fuck, I didn't know how to get the music off. Yeah. That format. 
to like anything modern digital or anything so i basically like recorded it all for him and sent him a wee transfer so he's got the oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so i've just started this like relationship with a total stranger yeah and I, I know about his dj exploits 20 years ago i bet he fucking loved that <laughs> yeah that's he's awesome. like you fucking legend <laughs> <laughs> oh fucking ace right anyway, uh, i'll show up threat what about you what bills have you been given this week Oh. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> well, no, actually, haven't been given bills because I haven't paid for the previous ones, so they have not had the opportunity to come back and say, "Oh, no, no, no!" After that one, you owe more. So, dodge that bullet by not giving <laughs> them money. So, I've been working on the Vice restoration, and it's coming out very well. I did Jacks, I think is the brand Jacks Blackener Steel Blackener. Instead yeah. of paint, which uh, nice. I know I chatted with you guys about, turned out very well. It's very subtle, but I love the look of just kind of black iron. Um, so I spent a couple of days having chats on the phone with uh, one of the gentlemen I spiffed last week, the week before, Ryan Drobots, my, mm -hmm. my local blacksmithing friend. Um, we're actually going to be hosting a little get-together for a gentleman who messaged me about bringing his team of three people to my forge, which I was like, no, <laughs> <clears throat> um, and doing a forge day, just nice. basic intro forging day. Um, Ryan has a bigger shop space and a few more tools than I do, uh, so we're going to end up dual hosting that here in a couple of weeks, so we were... Nice. Working out some details, um, Ryan has really only been this for, let's see, maybe a year. He's been doing the whole blacksmithing game. And so he's got decent amount of kit, but his shop space, which was a house that he and his partner purchased, it's just not very well set up. And uh, I spent most of yesterday out at our other friend's forge, which I've talked to you guys about before, Cypressville Forge. He actually helped me work on my vehicle. So where Al is getting a new vehicle and going to doll it up, my <laughs> check, my yeah, <laughs> new. I'm surprised it didn't just ship from Japan full of GameCube. So, so like no, you joke. I generally think it's an import because yeah. I've, ne I've never seen that version of the car in the uk and japan is right hand drive oh my yeah. god and it's um it's a japanese brand um goldwyn so there's a extreme possibility that it could be a japanese import which That's is just even more even <laughs> more <still> fantastic <laughs> sorry ah no worries um so yeah we're gonna my my check engine light came on on my truck the other day which was unfortunate because you know i drive like such a grandma in my truck I'm very <laughs> slow and i i'm really not very aggressive so it's been holding up for a while, considering it has 130,000 miles on it. Check engine light came out. Curtis, the guy I was just mentioning, uh, knows a hell of a lot about cars. And I showed up. And if you or anybody that's listening has ever seen the the auto parts stores or the service stations that do the big computer that they hook into your mm. uh, yes. board or whatever. Yeah, I showed up and I knew that Curtis had experience and he's a really really keen mechanic and can take all kinds of stuff away he brought out essentially the largest computer system reader thing i've <laughs> ever seen and he's like oh yeah I, I just keep one around um we sussed out that problem but it took the majority of the afternoon just to kind of fix everything I was having a an evaporation code three nine seven zero whatever came up it's a classic <clears throat> yeah Anyway, got that sorted. Uh, we're waiting to see if the check engine light comes on because I don't need car issues right now. That would be a real bother. <laughs> but 
because we were out there and we finished, you know, with a decent amount of the day left, uh, we did a little bit of forging. Ryan made an axe drift. Curtis made a set of really neat tongs that I've never seen before. And then I actually made a very small blacksmithing knife, Steve style. I actually looked at yours and Alex's profile just to try and find <laughs> the old photos and be like, yeah. how am I doing this again? And I was just reminded of Maker Central with you guys and your chalk lines drawn out. Draw it out to there. <laughs> okay, now do it here. Now do this. I tried to eyeball it best I could, but it was wrought, wrought iron. Nice. So it was very fucking slow process. And I'm quite happy with the results. And it was a total play day. I did not mm. take my camera because I did not want to burden myself with such a thing. Yeah. So today we'll be finishing up the vice because it's ready for reconstruction, I guess, reassembly. I'm well happy with the jaws and the, the pipe jaws that I refabricated out of steel that we had just sitting in the scrap pile. I'm going to be helping Ryan this week clean up his shop space and luckily all of the scrap metal that we have he just wants it so that he can build shelving and nice. weld stuff together so that's gonna be a good one and i posted it on my patreon instagram but steve i found just the most beautiful blower coal forge blower nice and it is a big boy and it is a buffalo forge blower which matches my forge pan i think it is the like the same style that's meant to go yeah. with that forge pan. But uh, it was at a restaurant that we <laughs> went and ate lunch at. And the gentleman who owned the property prior to uh, the new owner was a miner or bought a lot of mining equipment. I don't know what it was, but it's just yeah. there as decor. <laughs> and so I had a little walk around while we were waiting for food and buried amidst the sand and refuse was this beautiful old it's it's bright orange it's completely locked up and it's missing its yeah. handle but i was like oh my god i have to take this <laughs> so i guess we're in the restoration game <clears throat> again for a little bit yeah um i'm gonna so try I, and get that thing working that's, that's a, a hand crank one yes ah, okay and as much as i love my little electric blower i just had to replace a part on it a couple of weeks ago and it was kind of a reminder of like you know it doesn't break down uh crank that's <laughs> made out of steel yeah and yes i know that it you know it kind of you just said it's not working hang on oh piss off rust <laughs> you know it wasn't well taken care of and i will get it working again but uh yeah you know the idea that i have to because i don't have power at the property yet i have to take the goal zero batteries that little blower chews through you know, yeah. the solar batteries and stuff. And it's kind of a lot for me to like turn certain things off and then make sure that I'm turning the blower off so that I don't just burn a bunch of fuel that I don't need. And also the battery charge, you know, and all this back and forth. I don't care. I'm going to put a hand crank blower on there and it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> okay. And maybe as a backup plan, I will figure out how to put like a rheostat uh, and attach it and yeah. do some kind of motor situation. I don't know. For now, we're going to at least mount it. I'll have to fabricate the new brackets and things like that so that it fits on the forge. I think it's going to be it's like a restoration plus because I'm going to have to mm. do all the fittings and, and do the handle and whatnot. But it's going to be super, super nice. And I'm very excited. Nice. But again, I guess I'm just restoring things for <laughs> the last and going forward couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the cool. windmill blades we got the other day? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> We got seven of them, seven windmill blades. 
I yeah. I I I love the fact that Ben's got him and that he's doing something with him. But at the same time, I can't help but look at him and just go, "What the fuck are you going to do with that?" <laughs> it's it's ace. Yeah, I mean, the amount of questions I received being like, "What's he going to do with him?" I'm like, I have no idea, and I don't think he does either. No, no. It's but because no, I was just going to say, but like, I think it's one of those things that it's it's hard to kind of figure out and visualize what you're going to do with them unless you've got them there. So it it makes total sense that he went and picked him up before he really knew what he was going to do. Yes. <laughs> and I oh, have they to are appreciate... <laughs> yeah. Oh, they are 800 pounds. Yeah. I do have to, you know, throw a lot of credit his way for, you know, he saw the article that was just like, they're filling up landfills because we can't yeah. do anything with them. If he can come up with a handful of ideas to reuse the material for, at mm -hmm. least it's repurposing. Yes, it's fiberglass. So it's not like they're going to biodegrade over time and, you know, they're durable because they're meant to withstand all of this tension and wind and everything. So I'm, I can only imagine if he comes up with one or two good ideas, it's just an option for people to not yeah. throw stuff in yeah. landfills. I have to appreciate that. It's like the, 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 um, houses where you just make them, the walls with tires filled with earth. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of yeah. Just putting tires in the ground, fill yeah. the tires with ground yeah. <laughs> and use them <laughs> for really good insulation building solid building material that doesn't yeah. rot um yeah it'd be great to see if, if it comes up with something. it's interesting brett you're just talking about restoration i had a panic moment because i put the picture up of me restoring this, this electronic stuff and um mark uh turf blacksmith is like there's not enough oh, yeah. there's how can it be a restoration without any rust obviously he's talking about like restoring <laughs> vices and stuff yeah. and i had a panic moment that maybe that's where the word restoration came from from rust i was like oh is that what that means <laughs> Because it's rust, 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 rust. and so I just had that. Where there's this whole rabbit hole of like, oh fuck, rust. And it's, it's, it's obviously not. It's just a total coincidence. Yeah, rust is from red, and restore is like to restand or something. It's like... Fucking muppets. But I thought, I thought, no, I, th I thought, oh, maybe you can only restore something if it has rust on, because that's where the word came from. But no, it's not. No. I was like, no, it's just, it's, it's just full of dust, not rust. Yeah. I wonder if you'll get any kind of flack like owner does, where it's like, oh my god, you're destroying history of the GameCube. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's crossed my I'm mind. A... So, so even the, even the removing the yellowing. Yeah. I was like, Oh, but is that, is that not part of the patina? And, and, no. and I was like, no, cause when I was that age, they weren't fucking yellow. Yeah. So I don't, so even if I, if we're talking about history, I want them to be as close to what they were like fresh out of the factory. And the fact that there's fucking millions of them and but nobody's doing anything with them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's always Honor's answer. It's like there's a million of these World War II helmets. Go buy one if you want to keep it. I yeah. want to make a I want to make a fire bell out of mine. Right. <laughs> and spray and spray it red. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing, is like if you if you pick it up for like a tenner, then it's mm. fuck it. Do what and you want. There's, there's a huge like there's a huge like um modding community yeah. in the States where they do cool oh, yeah. shit with Massively. them. <clears throat> like have you seen the read, read uh, 3D print cases and stuff? Have you seen the N64 that uh, they basically took apart and then turned into a handheld? Yeah, I fucking uh, love yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. I want one so bad. But uh, yeah, uh, so lots of dicking around with rusty shit and making it not rusty. Then nice. Yeah, that's the idea. Good. Nice, good week. And what about you playing with the uh, the big spinny things? 
Um, oh yeah, yeah. Everything yeah. I have right now spins, I guess, yeah. or at one point it used to. Yeah, it either spins or it should spin. Um, yeah, no, I've I've had a, I've had a, it's been a, it's been a week. Um, I had to phone Al at one point because I started cooking lasagna and then realized I don't know how to cook lasagna. Um, you say you'd never cooked lasagna before. Did yeah, I hear it that was, right. Yeah, it was a really weird moment of like starting to cook it all and then suddenly going shit i've never actually done this <laughs> and yeah it, it, it was weird um because like i have this love-hate relationship with lasagna like mum's lasagna i fucking love and like a good lasagna i absolutely love but if someone does lasagna badly oh it just does my fucking head in like and <laughs> and like the uh the the ready-made lasagnas that you can get from supermarkets and stuff like that oh, they're mm. just fucking bleh. And yeah, so I, I think it was just one of these where I was just like, well, no one can make lasagna as good as mum, therefore I'm not going to make lasagna. And it All just right. never happened. Um, <clears throat> until uh, the other day when I was like, okay, I'm going to make lasagna. And then just put way too much cheese in the sauce. And you could have, seriously, you could have plastered walls with that <laughs> sauce. It was fucking glorious. Uh, did I not warn you? Yeah. Exactly that. It, I, I don't care. It was worth it. it so good. Um. Yeah, what else did I do? Uh, yeah, we've we again. It's been a it's been a, an interesting week at work. We've um, we've got some really exciting stuff that I can't, you can't talk, talk about. about uh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, but I'll uh, I'll I'll tell you guys when when we're off air because it's pretty fucking exciting. Nice. Um, and... We can talk about it, just not you fucking peasants. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what else have I done? Um, I listened to the full blast with uh, Mareko, um, nice. and it was really fucking nice because, and it wasn't until Jeff pointed it out at the end of the episode, I realized that normally when they record Knife Talk, it's like 6 a.m. for Mareko, and he's been up for like 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> but because they changed the times when they were recording the full blast episode, like he was actually up and awake, and it was, there was a noticeable difference. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mareko's led a really interesting life. Um, so it was a, a really good episode and i mean i everyone should go listen to every episode of full blast anyway but um yeah go go check that one out yeah um, but i listened to the axe and iron podcast and it was um worse <laughs> yeah i i forgot about that uh i was on uh axe and iron as well because i i was on i think i was on my way home from work and chris just messaged me saying do you want to uh do you want to record a podcast and i was like sure when he was like uh about an hour I'm like, fuck uh yeah, sure, that's fine. But yeah, and um, recorded it from my bed with a bottle of cider. It was, it was nice. It was good fun. Um, Adorable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I love hanging out with those guys. I genuinely forgot that we were doing a podcast because it, we were just giving each other shit the whole time. It was brilliant. Well, um, I'm having trouble remembering what you guys talked about because it just, I think <laughs> subconsciously it was like, oh, I'm just listening to three guys hang out. Yeah. And that's all it was. Like we, there wasn't a, there wasn't a topic. There wasn't a, anything. It was just us giving each other shit, um, which was which was fun. It was nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then yesterday, so Saturday, uh, I went into the workshop for a little bit to work on some of my own stuff, uh, which was nice. Um, got to finish up um, the all the forging is now complete on the two axes that I started. Um, and so the idea was that I wanted to make two axes at the same time to work on 
basically consistency. Um, I probably shouldn't have done it when I was trying out a completely new pattern of axe to me as well. Um, but I was really, really worried about one of them because I didn't think it was, I basically, I, I thought it was a pile of shit and I was going to have to chuck it. Um, but after a little bit of cleanup and some like refine, refining forging, um, it's actually turned out all right. So I've now got two finished axes, uh, corners broken and everything. They just need heat treating and, um, and sharpening and handling. Um, and yeah, it just felt really nice to kind of, um, go in there and not have to worry about work, not have to worry about anything else and just be able to enjoy the process again. Um, and kind of think about, uh, where I wanted the axes to go because they're based off of our English pattern ones, but slightly different. Uh, Al, you put your hand Yes. Up. Talking of axes, axe patterns, Mareiko, buying things from Japan, Vitaras. As discussed, Steve, I need a yes. Vitara axe yes. at some point. So I need to understand and appreciate maybe Japanese pattern axes. Yeah. Mm. I like that something idea. something would be really cool, like mounted like the Land Rover axe. Yeah. But for the Ooh. for the for the camping Vitara. Yes. That so, means you have to punch a square eye, Steve. I will not accept anything else but a square <laughs> eye. We we've got we've got a couple of axes that have square eyes, not ones that we've made, but it's it's it is a thing. And um it's really interesting seeing the forging around it. And that we we I'm not going to start the conversation, but we had a load of uh, conversations. Careful, <laughs> we don't talk about tools. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, me, me and Joe had this conversation about like the the pros and cons of it, and the fact that it obviously creates weak points and stress points and all of this. But also, you, uh, yeah, it was fucking cool. Um, but yeah, we could totally do that. That'd be easy. Um, now I'm just thinking about fucking axes. Ah, so speaking of uh, of of Japan and all of that. The other thing that I was doing between heats for the uh, the two axes, um, I used some scrap stainless and forged out, finally forged out a set of chopsticks. Um, but the, I, you're, you, you're muted. You're muted. You're mute. I, <laughs> I, I had to eat stir fry with a fork today because I've used all my chopsticks oh. to hold up bits of plastic that I'm spray painting. <laughs> I don't have any chopsticks left. So I was I was thinking I was thinking of you and, and John D. Harvey with your fantastic yeah. forged chopsticks. Nice. Well I was really annoyed because I had this I had two ideas in my head of like, right, I either want to go in this direction or in this direction with the chopsticks and started going in one direction and it didn't quite work just because it's a it's a technique that the guys use with a power hammer that I just haven't quite um grasped yet and so i was like oh, fuck. okay this isn't working well i'll go for the other one which because i'd already gone so far with the first one it just it, it didn't work basically so i kind of like went halfway between the two ideas and was unsatisfied with both of them um so i'm gonna make another set soon but you know you get the little uh little doodah thingies that you rest the chopsticks on you know what i mean yep yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's probably an infant, but yeah. I yeah, I, I was hoping one of you might know, but I don't know what it is. Um, I made one of them just, again, out of a little tiny scrap piece. And it was, it's my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, so was it, Did he make it in a little swan or a little fish, as is tradition? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> I just, just got a bit of steel and just hammered another bit of steel into it. Um, but I, I'm genuinely tempted to make a load of them for 
chop like wooden chopsticks sort of thing. Um, Hashioki. There you go. Hashi there you go. Hashioki. Um, but yeah, and then what else have I done? So I I watched the trailer for. Uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Yes. Oh my god! Thank you, Al. That was fucking glorious. <laughs> um, and got overly excited about that, and started thinking about all of the uh, good shit that's coming out in the next couple of years, um, including the Marvel What If series, which is going to be a fantastic series because that's going to be about like hypothetical situations and you know what if Captain America was evil or what if all of the Marvel superheroes were zombies or whatever, um, which segues beautifully into this week's topic, uh, which is what if. Um, so the idea is we're going <laughs> to... I kind of killed that one, I know. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, each of us has got a scenario or question for the other two uh, to kind of think about, mull over, answer, spark some ideas off, uh, just, just for a bit of fun. Um, I don't know if we if we're gonna do Al. You're you're the order man. Are we doing it in any kind of order? Hang on. I bet there's uh, an online uh, random number generator. Random nine. Randomizer. Okay. Randomizer. There you go. Can you randomize three things. Is that even a, <laughs> is that even a thing? You, you can just roll a six sided dice and just like yes. do one two three one. Uh, well, oh, I'll just get my dice. Well, oh fuck. There. You don't. Okay. You don't have a die okay. on here. My, I've got, I've got a, an entire bag of various dice right here. Hey, it says Brett. Okay. It says Brett Al Steve. Okay, Go Brett, on. you're going. Who so you, who I do, do both. I do both of my questions, right? Oh, we'll do Brett Al Steve. Brett Al Steve. So you cho yeah. you choose who you ask oh, first. All right, all right. I'm gonna steal look, this because I feel like dice. Steve. Look at these dice. They're nice. A nice little pouch. Oh my God. Uh, I don't like it because it's not made out of steel. Get out of here. <laughs> So I'm going to start with Al because I'm going to try and totally bogart this question before Steve asks it. Alex Bull Halfpenny, what if you did not work in your profession or for your company? What if you didn't have that job? Be it they fire off everybody tomorrow or sell the company or whatever. What happens or what if Al did not have his full-time job? This this is a scenario that is played over in my head multiple times, um, mainly because my place of work tends to have an annual call, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, which I partly kind of dread and partly wish that I get fired. Um, I say, I'm not, not going to lie. I've I've mulled over this so many yeah. times as well. So it's it's and it's not crossed my mind in like a romantic way. It's crossed my mind in a I need to fucking Have think about plan. this yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case shit goes south um and my default thing and my default um crutch would be catering straight off the bat because hmm. i know i know how it works i know what it takes i know how to do it i know what's involved i know the investment required all the way from just finding somewhere to work to setting up my own place i've done all of those things yeah. so that for me is a really safety net almost mm. um but then i'd i guess i'd take advantage of that and then i'd turn that into an endeavor so whether that is something like a food truck or because i was toying with that is a food truck um for a while a while, but, a while but the um the pandemic has kind of 
if, if anything, just accelerated that because I was just thinking like, why are people, why is there not like an ice cream van that sells hot food that just goes around door to door? Mm. Uh, we've got fish and chip vans around here. But there you go. Fish and chip van, yeah. chips and gravy van, sausage butty yeah. van, pie van, you know, and I think just, all those things are valid. Go on. Very quickly. This is my uh, fucking hypothetical, I know. not yours. But but when when I do my hypothetical for Brett later on and we talk about a specific thing, I just want you to know that this was already pre pre planned and not coming from what you've just said. Well, that's why I've also got multiple options for your question. Because <laughs> I knew that Brett would ask this exact question. So yeah. I've got a backup. Um <laughs> so yeah. So if 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 I was not doing what I am currently doing, I would absolutely not pursue that angle in the slightest. I wouldn't yeah. entertain it. I wouldn't go and find somewhere else. I wouldn't set up as a freelance. I would do I would it would just completely be over. That I would wash my hands clean of it. Hmm. Never have to think about it again. It served the purpose. I was able to do it for a salary for 10 years. Yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Goodbye. Um you know, the dream would be, oh yeah, going to making full time. It's like, yeah, that I have no financial stability or no <laughs> equity or anything like that. Um, and nothing short term that is viable yeah. in terms of like paying bills and rent. So I, I would straight away think think catering. Yeah. I mean, would you would you consider a job that's not necessarily directly within catering as in like not a, a line chef? Would what about something that's a bit more kind of consulting sort of thing like oh yeah absolutely i think i mean i think even, you'd be fucking brilliant at either consulting or teaching teaching or even like food writing has yeah. crossed my mind as well um, and when, when, when yeah. the guy came to do the uh for hackspace magazine can mm. do that little article on the hack shack mm-hmm. yeah i'm dressed as jane um <laughs> i got talking to him about just publishing and self-publishing yeah partly why i'm doing the sandwich project um because hopefully that's an in into kind of that kind of world where it's like, oh, you can actually produce things just with your knowledge. You know, it yeah. doesn't require a lot of investment. It doesn't require tools. It doesn't require um, necessarily like the, the the making of things. It can yeah. just be, I I have stories to tell and knowledge to share and passion. Yeah. And that's one way to bring it to life. So that could be another interesting angle that like you said, Steve. It doesn't, you don't have to be peeling potatoes to yeah, get yeah, into, yeah. That, into that. Because again, I think that would be, as a 37 year old <laughs> a bit fucking depressing um going right back to square one so i'd, I'd much preferred something in the the or intellectual sort of side of it intellectual side of it. yeah yeah, the, yeah side of okay yeah do you think when you say you know you kind of take advantage of the situation do you think there's an opportunity in there um the sandwich project being a good example but you and i had discussed um, you know, recipe books or a cookbook that is fully produced. Yes. And your aesthetic, your style, your opinions, whatnot. Yeah. Do you think you'd take that as the opportunity to kind of like circle? Yeah. Around? I mean, I mean, it could be, it could be a really interesting project, like um, similar to kind of the 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 um, the forge one, the, the 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 feast and fire and cooking and meeting these people. It could be about interviewing different people and getting their stories. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could, you could go and like photograph people in this, you know, photograph Jimmy on the farm and Taylor making like some food and have a little kind of yeah. standalone story and then just repeat that and, and have like a dozen of them in a book. I think that'd yeah. be really interesting 
stories to tell different people around the world. Yeah, so um, it's not just really the, cool. the recipe; it's the the story behind. Yeah, it. I, well, I, I think I think the 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 recipe market is oversaturated. Gotcha, nobody needs yeah. nobody needs another fucking cookbook. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs another how to cook in meals in this many minutes. How you know it's, it's all been done. All the recipes have been done. <laughs> unless, unless you're L bully, everything's been cooked before, and everything is yeah. in the cookbook already. So but me, if you do want another story. cookbook, then the Forge cookbook is fantastic. Yeah. No, because that's a story. That's about <laughs> the tools. Yeah. It's about the people. That's yeah. what makes it interesting. You know, you read Nigel Slater for the the romance, yeah, and the childhood yeah. nostalgia. You know, you don't read it for so everyone knows what sausage is. I don't, you don't need to tell me what a sausage <laughs> is. It's it's the everything that goes around it. So because I think yeah, I, love I think I think like the like I really like that as an idea because one of the things that I notice um, nowadays is like generally people don't people don't buy, tend to buy cookbooks because they need to know how to make lasagna. Like yeah. they. If, if they don't know how to make something, Google is right there and there are a thousand <laughs> recipes there. And But one of the things that I find really frustrating with a lot of online recipes is the fact that you've got to scroll through like six hours of them telling their fucking ridiculous story that doesn't nobody gives a shit about. Nobody's reading that stuff anyway. Yeah. But if you put that in a book, yeah, then you buy that because you want to read all that stuff. And there's not adverts popping up in the book when yeah. you can't read it. <laughs> oh, that fucking does my head in. Um no, but that's a really yeah. good point. It's, it would be a beautiful thing on a coffee table mm. that's got nice pictures and is really yeah. nicely bound, and the paper's nice. You know, that, that's yeah. that's what appeals to me. And yeah, it is 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 those stories. Mm. But um, yeah, anyway, no, this, I, this could turn into <laughs> cookbook talk. Let's let's yeah. move on. I, I was just uh, I've, I've just popped a message in the chat, but remind me later to speak to you about that because I have some things. Cool. Um, Right. Thank you, uh, Good well, question. Good scenario. Yeah. I, well done. Uh, I'm sorry it was so expected of me, Al. But... <laughs> Only because I panicked and didn't ask the exact same question, so I had a backup. <laughs> uh, right. Who's next, Al? It you. is me. Uh, so I will ask Steve, seeing as we've already done Brett Al. Um, Oi. Steve. Hello. I've got a twofer. Ooh. Oh, ooh. And Brett, can we have a breakout room? Can you do breakout rooms? Steve, go away. <laughs> yeah, Steve. Steve, go on mute, just, just for entertainment's sake. Oh, he's right. taking his headphones off. He can still hear us. Brett, I know. Do we go, Steve, what if you never got into blacksmithing at all? Or what if there was no metal on earth? Fuck. The second one would be amazing. Okay, uh, the we're second we're one. Second. All right. Let's pretend you didn't hear. So, Steve, my hypothetical for you is a very simple one. Yeah. What if there's no metal on Earth? Uh, we we wouldn't. What? what? So various <laughs> various. Do you mean like for for me or like in terms of the the actual planet? Because we we probably like we we wouldn't have a North and South Pole. We would we'd lose our magnetic field. It this was... is your hypothetical, Steve. Take it as far as you want. There wouldn't be any uh, magnetic. Uh, yeah, protection but, against the solar rays. Yeah, but basically, we would all die, and it would be horrible. Um, I said I on mean, Earth, dickhead, not in Earth. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, then you dig the. No one's mining there. iron from the core of Earth. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is in? So hang on. Uh, is this is in? Steve, Steve, like, Steve, Steve, Steve. No, 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 I just, no just, just want to ask the question. Uh, is this a case of like? Bang tomorrow, there's no more metal. Or... No, there was never metal on Earth. 
There was never metal on Earth. There was then... never metal on Earth. Save, save, save the odd meteorite that lands. Yeah, yeah. And is obviously just, you know, well, we'd have never magic gone past... space rock. Yeah, magic yeah, space we, rock. we'd have never gone past the 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 Stone Age. Like, well, how do you know that? What what yeah, else would yeah. we been using instead? Yeah. How, how <laughs> sick would how sick would Flint be right now? <laughs> Fiberglass knives, come on. Yeah, I mean, Run with it. It's, it, fuck, that's a that's a weird question because like. So we I, so we so we could my, be now we could be now if you want, or we could be in your scenario where we haven't gone past the Stone Age. Yeah, because because my temptation is like the way my personality works. I want to go like right back and be like, well, fuck yeah, because we would be completely screwed and would we be making computers out of stone and silicone or what? Um, but yeah, I, I do. I, <laughs> but, well, yeah, um, <laughs> but is in like no like because you wouldn't even have copper for. Like wiring, so you need to have no electric. Like, is there it's, a way? There's other conductors. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so I'm going to go with like we wake up tomorrow and there's no no more metal. Um, no, 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 no. This is my scenario. There has never been metal. That would, then you I'm just said you to go scenario. from the thing. No, there's, okay. there's never there's never been metal on Earth. Yeah, save, uh, save for a few meteorites, but nobody knows what they are. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I, fuck, that's a, that's a deep question, man. It's fucking deep. Um, I mean, like in it's in terms of like, deep, for for me personally, I, 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 I don't, I don't even know what that would mean. But like for us as a society, that would be fucking weird. Because you wouldn't be, you would like, what would you make cars out of? Like plastic Fiberglass. cars. Well, yeah, yeah, all cars are plastic now, anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is true. <laughs> um. But I do think it'd be really interesting because I mean, there's there's uh, there's loads of work being done in different materials now, and we're moving not necessarily away from um, from metal, but we're we're like material science is a really interesting thing because we're we're coming up like the the see through wood that we talked about uh, a few months ago and shit like that, and obviously you've got the the three D printing with um, plant based plant fucking words plant based plastics. Um, and shit like that. So I, I think it'd be fucking fascinating to see how we had um, evolved without without metal. Like if we just had never used it. I mean, because then you've got you go into the options of like, well, do you say there's just no iron? In which case, like you don't get steel, so everything's oh, made man. out of copper and like the non-ferrous ones. Or whether like if there's no metal at all, then that that's a whole other thing. Um, yeah, I. I I don't even know where to begin. Like that's the world would be very, very different. Over what what would what would your profession be then? Do you think give it? You know, go back medieval times or something. Mm. And there's this blacksmith who's responsible for making all the armor, making all the cookware, making all the tools. You know, yeah. um, but that material doesn't exist. Mm. Well, those needs are still there, aren't they? You know? Yeah. We, we, I think, I think chances are we'll have advanced pretty far as a society without metal and just using alternatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it might take a little bit longer, but it, you, you'd still get there eventually. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I guess you'd like the armor and shit like that, you'd be, it would still be leather, presumably, or like the, um, there's a, like an undershirt that, uh, they made for, um, uh, warriors soldiers soldiers that's the word i was looking for soldiers um it was basically just 
cloth and sheep's wool, but it was like compressed in this weird way. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it worked really, really fucking well. Like, and it was quite lightweight. Um, so yeah, I, I guess you'd just be finding other things like that. But I think you'd still what you still find... have, you still have sharp things, and you could still yeah, have yeah. blunt objects yeah. in terms of weapons. But you wouldn't have cutting things. No, and I think what you'd find is things what? like you wouldn't get uh, you wouldn't get people that were like a black like a blacksmith makes armor and mm. knives and, and everything else. You would get someone that just made um, just made uh, armor. And it would right. be out of leather or whatever, or so it'd be, yeah, it'd be less multidisciplinary. Well, it, the, there you go. you go. I think it would be more a case of like because especially back then, people specialized in a in a material rather than a um, a technique sort of thing. Yeah. So it, even with blacksmiths, yes, you'd you'd have um, and now more than ever, like you get specialists within blacksmithing, but back then. Your village blacksmith would do pretty much everything. You would get specialist armorers and cutlerers, yeah. um, but as a general rule, your, your village smithy would be able to do pretty much anything um, in terms of anything with with metal. Um, and yeah, I think you'd have the same thing, but it would be you know, you'd have someone that was just just did everything with leather, or just did everything with wood, or with you know fucking reeds or whatever. Because the, the um, Mongolian guys that were uh they had like these this reed armor that yeah basically yeah, yeah. bamboo as well same yeah Japanese yeah yeah and yeah I mean I but the weird thing is that's to protect against metal cutting edges yeah so if they don't exist it's like the knock-on effect yeah and all the other things that then don't need to exist because there isn't any metal yeah <laughs> it's it's fucking brilliant it's. I mean, again, this is one that we could go on for fucking hours. Like, like what's what's movable type made out of? Does movable type exist? Yeah. Oh, we still well, is a book still handwritten. Well, yeah, I think it would be. Oh fuck! No, wait, hang on. I was gonna say, I think it would still. Oh be my god! Of... I was gonna say woodblock, and then it was yeah. like, how do you carve the fucking letters? That were... <laughs> well, you you could carve them with carved with wood. Yeah, flint and like obsidian or something like that. But it's more. It's not the the woodblocks. It's the mechanism behind it, like how, what the fuck are you going to make gears out of if you don't have iron? Ceramic? Yeah, too brittle. See, I think, it, it, I didn't want to jump in on this too early, but I think because vessels and pottery and ceramic stuff, you know, every time we find some new archaeological site, the first thing is always pots. Like people needed vessels, people needed mm. stuff to hold things. I think pottery... And the materials that went into making vessels uh, would have ended up being a much stronger part of the mm. like economical and, and just evolutionary growth. We would have continued finding ways to refine and make things like more heat resistant or yeah. how to make bigger versions of them so we can hold more liquid and they don't fall apart. How do you even create something that large? You know, how is it turned or spun or built up with coil? Yeah. I think it would have ended up being... I don't know. Yeah, because you, you yeah, think of like the, the, the ceramics carbon, with, yeah, uh, uh, with like shuttle. reinforcements. Yeah, like carbon go. ceramic spatial yeah. tiles. Yeah. That can fucking withstand re entry in the atmosphere. Yeah. And I think, yeah, because you'd end up with, so using the cogs, for example, like you'd have maybe a, a wooden um, skeleton then surrounded by ceramics. But then, so, fuck, how would, how would you fucking heat that like, to cure it and to cook it? Because obviously with ceramics, you've got to get up to, several 
hundred degrees, you'd, you'd have to have a you'd have to have something made of like a stone crucible. Oh, you should have was... seen the Potter works that we went to when we were there that we took Heidi to. <laughs> oh, they're there, firing some ones. Yeah, the the kiln or the firing room is huge. It yeah. is the size of my cabin. Yeah, and it is to just build a huge fire in and fire pots, and it was yeah gigantic. <laughs> yeah, there's um there's a few, especially up in the Midlands, um where they have firing rooms that are essentially just almost like village hall sized rooms that they just get really fucking hot. They just stack everything up in. But yeah, because like if you had a a wooden interior, it would obviously get. I suppose it may, maybe if you had like green wood. And you'd have to control the firing times so that it got to the point where the wood dried out but didn't burn. I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah, that's now I'm googling what is the strongest non-metal material. Spiders graphene. Well. Graphene. Yeah, graphene. Carbon. Yeah, carbon. Carbon nanotubes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's diamond essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because there's, there's all kinds of stuff that you... Oh, what do you build your um, pressure chamber out of to make the diamonds? Yeah. Because <laughs> you haven't got any metal. Yeah. It's fucking brilliant. Cause I, I this, this, is a good sci-fi, this is a good sci-fi book, this. Like, what if yeah, yeah. One? Yeah, because like, uh, diamond and shit like that, that would, you know, you could, you could definitely get an edge on diamond. Mm. And, yeah, it's not, it's not going to wear down particularly quickly. And well, glass, not... glass that's shock-cooled. Yeah, it's ridiculously hard. Yeah. So if you could somehow find a way to edge blades, you know, like, well, that's basically what obsidian is, isn't it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I suppose. So, yeah, fucking awesome. Right. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I'm I'm done with that because <laughs> that was a good question. Yeah, but that's one that that's very vague <laughs> through me. Um, this is the kind of stuff that makes me go, oh, you know what? I got, I got to try and make something that's hard and durable out of not yeah. metal just <laughs> as a challenge. And without using any metal as well. That's the that's where the oh, kicker. Yeah, that would blow my mind, yeah. Um, right, it's my turn. Oi. Uh, and it is going to be Brett because I still haven't actually thought of Al's question yet. Um, so, Brett, you are... Oh. Um, you're at... Glastonbury Festival. You're working in. I love Al's... how specific it is. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> You're working in Al's snack shack, serving pints of gravy. Um, and that was the bit that I was saying, like, didn't come from you saying about a food truck. Like, this was just something I already had in my head. So you're, you know, you're at Glastonbury Festival. You're working it as a, as a bit of fun, uh, doing Al a favor by serving pints of gravy. And your, uh, your favorite pirate-themed rock band, the Salty Seamen. Are uh, are playing the main stage, but they come to you like two days before they're supposed to be on stage and say that their set that they were getting imported from Germany hasn't arrived and isn't going to arrive. And, oh, Carol, what did you do? And they need someone to build them a an elaborate um, an elaborate stage right now using only what you can find at a festival because you can't like getting out of Glastonbury is fucking impossible whilst the festival is on. So you can't go and get any more materials. They've got a bunch of tools there that you can use, but you've only got the materials you can find in a festival uh, to make a, an amazing stage set for them. 
Because is, is there any is there any specifics on the set? No, it can be as as mad and as elaborate as you want. Oh, I'm thinking. <laughs> well, yes, very small, tiny, very small stuff. So, to to kind of say why I'm asking this because I think one of your uh, most underrated skills is, or one of the ones that you um, you don't rate yourself high enough on, is your set dressing. Um, you know the the old chip shop at Jimmy's, um, the the cabin that you've built there. They, it's so obvious that you do it all with a an eye for the aesthetic like and it points over um the function like you you very much um want to create that that stage for you to put on your show um and i i just think that would be a really interesting and also i think like you could definitely do that for a living like make stages and stage sets for uh bands and stuff so yeah you can be as as ramstein as you want or as (laughs) spinal tap as you want I think it would be a question of how much stuff can I legally steal or much, at least hide from people as as much as you want, because this is Glastonbury. You just, that, well, everyone's see, okay. you have to understand. I, I realize that there are quite a few listeners that are from your area or maybe have attended Glastonbury. I don't, I don't know is, a lot about it. The, so. the most well-known festival in the world. All right. I'm um, on the Wikipedia page right now. I'm seeing this. <laughs> Imagine Burning Man Festival. It's Burning Man. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, that means that there's materials galore because people oh, yeah. just bring found yeah. art sculptures and all kinds of nonsense. Like all that. the shit they just abandon when they leave anyway. Yeah, exactly. But try and so, try and think more like it's going to be like tents and pallets and shit like well, that. Well, yeah. So I've got sails yeah. so I can do a half a ship. I, I can only assume almost like, uh, you know, life aquatic style where you build half a ship as the yeah. set. <laughs> I would put, I would... I think in an ideal world, <clears throat> as it seems, the the uh, stage is quite large. The main stage. Mm. If I could build a half a a half a ship and have the band members in various parts of the ship, I think that would be quite fun. Yeah, tents would be sails, easy peasy, and just <laughs> nice. steal them from the hippies. Like I, you know, they can sleep yeah. under their organic sky. And as far as wood. And any kind of metal tools. Um, I assume the people that built the stage probably have job boxes and things on site. Yeah. I mean, it would. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of tools around. Right. So are you are you kind of hinting at like what would I actually build? Yeah, I want to know how how elaborate you'd go and like yeah, you know, are you going to set up flamethrowers using a jerry rigged fucking propane canister and. What? What Someone barbecue. Do you know, I had a flamethrower on it. Aside from <laughs> the one in Pirates of the Caribbean, the movie, Mad Max. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I, I didn't say this has to make sense. Ah, oh well, in that case, easy, <laughs> easy. Uh, a good bit of rope. Good bit of rope would be very helpful. Uh, I think it would be really fun. <laughs> now that now that you guys brought up the Mad Max thing, if I could put the guitarists on pulley. <laughs> Pull it like ships rigging and then On the tie line. everybody up and just be able to yank people around and have flying buccaneer. What did you call the band? The Salty Seaman? Yes. Is it? That's not a real band, is it? God, no. I hope not. I fucking hope I, not. I guarantee there is a band called that somewhere. <laughs> That's true. It seems like such low hanging fruit. Um, yeah, I, I think the influence of the Life Aquatic movie, which I loved that set. There when is. They did the little... Oh, my God. So 
I love that set and the singing um, where Bill Murray's sitting in front of the camera and goes, this is my ship, the Belafonte, you know, and, and it does its pans and everything through the side of the ship. I think visually that was just beautiful. And you get to see, like you know, it. half the ship is under the water because they, yeah. they kind of decorated the background. Imagine, imagine having rigging set up to where the people could be pulled around. But if all of the band members started in various parts of a halfway half cut off ship <laughs> and then you could drop them down at various parts of something. the drummer i'm not so sure about i don't know if i have a time as i said I, don't forget I you're gonna have to build this in like a day and a half yeah don't fucking challenge me sure. <laughs> do this tie ropes and knots in my sleep blindfolded easy uh also just i i can only assume that they're just droves of coffee because <laughs> I think the first thing I do is figure out an IV drip situation is just like constantly feed me caffeine and then we pretty much be good. No, it's like um, babe, you've got a backpack with just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, going in. really good. Um half a ship for sure though. Like, yes, there's there's nonsense about the rigging and all the little effects yeah. and pyrotechnics pyrotechnics we could do, but I've always had this idea of the half ship and it was, it is 100% from life aquatic. I thought that idea of set building was very theatrical more so than, you know, cinematic, but you have people moving through a space. You, you create this visual space that people are able to move through it. And then you can think about the camera operators. I get this whole <laughs> thing done. And then they're filming Glastonbury festival. They're going to have a ball of a time filming that. You can yeah. walk through all the various sections of the bilge and all this. Oh god, it would be so amazing. I would be so amazing. <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> nice. Cool. I, yeah. pretty, I don't know if it's deliberate, Steve, but I'm pretty sure Ramstein did build a massive ship on stage I, for Rose and Rock. Really? The album. One of the Quite albums possibly. got a huge, like, and and in my, so the guys near me in york stage one who do oh, all yes. olympic yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. they've they did a they did a massive ship for someone on stage i can't remember who it was in my head it's something to do with russia anyway but yeah i love it brett i think that would be super fun i i honestly have wanted to do the half ship idea that was the ideal <laughs> that was the ideal approach to the ship shop it was like if yeah. i had enough oh, space, nice. I would build a half ship and then have you know you have your compartmentalized workspaces yeah yeah within that um but i'd be able to do it as a half cutout so i could just like little storage storage containers like that, <laughs> that. <laughs> absolutely yeah. i think just as a quick aside for anybody that, that doesn't know ramstein uh and doesn't know what we're talking about with their sets just, just google image <laughs> ramstein sets because on youtube like the 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 latest concert i think is on their youtube channel yeah or live yeah. in paris was i think absolutely insane like they're like the only band where the audience has to stand like a hundred foot back from the stage <laughs> for their own safety yeah fucking brilliant it's pretty um, you want to talk about putting on an arena level show yeah they are an arena band that knows how to put on visuals Oof. yeah in a more yeah. like intimate space though brett and thinking about your kind of cabins and doors when the world reopens again I can't stress this enough. If anyone has the opportunity to go and see Back to the Future the musical, please do. What? Because the set was just fucking fantastic and everything was just like you were saying, but like these cutouts and stuff. And it was just like yeah. instantly you transported to the place. 
You know, let me make one more comment on it. I think there's something really, um, really amazing about being able to create those kind of half spaces or just these little vignettes. Mm-hmm. It, and yes, it has to do with, uh, you know, set dressing people that are really talented in these things. But think about theater where you have a very limited space, yeah. but take it into also like art installations and museums and things like that. Whether or not you actually appreciate art and want to go to a museum, sometimes I'm more impressed, not necessarily by, by like the materials or the the painting, but it's like the space that's created mm, yeah. by that thing. Or, you know, you go through a traveling exhibition in a museum and they've had to kind of wall off a space and whoever is in charge of that has to create moments, you know, or experiences with a few walls that are going to yeah. get taken down and fix the lighting so that you you really experience this painting and make sure that it's not impeding on anything else. I think it's a real, real talent. But like it's from it's from one angle as well. Yeah. Like you've got to tell that yeah. whole story almost like it's 2D. Yeah. I know, uh, do, like, you me- do, you, do you remember Steve? There was a there was a game show and it wasn't Funhouse, but it was Pat Sharp. It was called Finders Keepers. Is that the one where they had to go around the whole house? Yeah, but it was built like yeah. that. It was like yeah. half a house and you went into every room and it was like, yeah. right, you've got one minute to find the the toy in the kitchen and you they had to search yeah. for the kitchen. And it was all filmed like live. Oh, yeah. it was Legends like, of the Hidden Temple. Is it the same in the States? Oh, did you guys not see that? Oh, it was yeah. short-lived. It was, it was a brilliant kids. Oh, kids nice. Show. Yeah. Uh, but well, it was then- a half... It was a half of a of an old crypt that had these oh. different rooms with puzzles that the kids had to do, and you had like limited time, but you could yeah. get more time by doing these medallions or the pendants of life, or whatever. I remember, oh, no. yeah, that, that looks loving more that like, show super hard. That looks more like uh, like the Crystal Maze sort of style of ah, right. thing. Yeah, well, the, that sounds, the, that sounds uh, very similar. Yeah, the Crystal Maze was brilliant. Um, <laughs> But this one, it was like it was like multi stories, like it, it was like a house. And then they just sliced it. They could, like, oh. I think they, there was even slides that went from like one room, and you'd go down, <laughs> like straight down a slide into the next, yeah, the room. Yeah, below. no, and the stairs. So you go to the back of the room, come downstairs, yeah. and you come out in the other room. It's fucking brilliant. Yeah. All right, we're gonna have to give you guys at least one episode of Legends of the Hidden Temple to watch. <laughs> I don't think, as a child, I don't think I yelled at my TV more at any <laughs> other show than that one because it seemed like. The kids that always made it to the last thing, which was this temple, yeah. were fucking terrible at their yeah. jobs and like didn't know how to play the game well. It's like you've watched this on TV. That's why you're on it. <laughs> this. It's like Tashiki's Castle, but for kids. Um, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> fucking love Tashiki's Castle. Uh, right. Next questions, Brett. Brett. Ah, this is for Steve, right? That's who Ooh. I've got left out of the two of us. I want to know what if Steve stayed in IT? I know it's another job related question, but yeah. you know, say you got a couple of raises or you had this really good job security and and a lot of potential in the things that you were doing. What if you stayed in IT? How do you feel like your life would be different? Where would you be? Do you think you would have moved to the city, you know? Explain. I mean, I So there's there's two answers to this. There's the brutally honest one, and then there's the I'm going to tweak the question slightly to actually answer the question. Um, so the brutally honest one is I honestly don't know if I'd still be alive um, because I was when I left IT I was in a severe spiral, um, and that's part of the reason why I 
I left and ended up being a mechanic for a year. Um, uh, the other answer is I probably wouldn't have stayed in in support. Um, I I would have moved into something that's a little bit more. Uh, I don't know whether creative is quite the right word, but um, I I probably would have moved into something that was more dealing with people. I um, I'm much better at being in a in a meeting discussing things and getting um, getting ideas and getting things moving forwards than I am sitting watching graphs and checking why that server is down and making sure that all 30 of the other servers are all up to date with the latest patch for the thing that's coming. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I've, I think if I'd stayed in IT in that sense, I don't know if I would have moved to the city as it were. Um, I probably would have, well, I, I definitely would have uh, moved country. Um, I would have left the UK and probably ended up in Canada um, for a amount of time. But I think, uh, especially with the way that the world's going now, um, I would have moved into remote working um, and I would probably just travel around doing my job remotely. Um, I, when I was in Just Eat, I had a few colleagues that basically were doing that. Um, they were full-time employees with Just Eat, but they lived in different time zones and they would move around. So they would occasionally be living somewhere and you know, they'd be working from four in the morning till three in the afternoon or midday or whatever. Um, is their like working day in their local time zone because that's what our time zone dictated. Um, so yeah, I think I'd, I'd, I'd move into less of a support role and more maybe even managerial, but not, not managerial as in looking after people, managerial as in more kind of product management um oh project management sorry um and just working in the exciting stuff rather than just fighting fires all the time uh because mm. that was not particularly fun um and at, I, I think for me like the, one of the, the main problems i had with it is it's very hard to have uh any kind of impact on the business like you especially in a support role you see all of the issues and all of the flaws but have very little power in terms of um putting permanent fixes in places okay. you you generally have to just kind of put a sticky plaster on it tell someone above you that there's an issue there and it's going to keep happening and that's it they kind of go well is it happening right this second no okay well we're going to carry on with something else because that's boring and not interesting um and yeah so i think i'd, I'd moved into more kind of project management and more kind of uh, implementing new technologies because that was part of the job that I I really enjoyed is experiencing and working in new technologies and figuring out ways that they could be useful. Mm. So I don't want to I don't want to hit you with the sidewinder, which is what if there were no computers? Um, <laughs> was there anything else, job or profession wise, that interested you? And this is they uh, put this in the time of before metalwork uh blacksmithing or whatever do you think it yeah. might have been auto related because um, you were so keen on cars or anything possibly like, you would have shifted out of it because you're like nope in none of my realities would i have stayed with that for the rest of my <laughs> yeah 100 there is no way i would have stayed in that um that industry permanently just because it it didn't there were things that it just didn't fulfill for me i think 
there was there was a time where I was seriously looking at uh, going into kind of more more customization of cars rather than not necessarily being a um, like a mechanic in the sense of you know bring bring your Fiesta in and I'll I'll change the oil and fix it sort of thing. It's more um, working on classic cars and doing restorations or customization stuff like that, um, which is it's a a culture and an industry that I really enjoyed, but I think um, more likely I would have gone into uh, either photography or um, event planning um, within that kind of, again, within that sphere. Um, So I I used to do quite a lot of uh, car photography um, back in the day um, and really enjoyed it. And I, I loved doing it and I'm, I have a, a real desire to carry on doing more of that. And I, I want to do more uh, photography again. Um, and yeah, again, with event management, I, I think that comes from um, like working in, in the hospitality industry for so long. Like the, the buzz you get from working a really good fun weekend or a really good event is, is really hard to beat. Um, so yeah, I think I probably would have, maybe gone into that and again probably not in the uk um i i definitely think if i basically if i hadn't have ended up working for alex uh there is a very very high chance that i would have left the country by now so yeah that's kind of that's fascinating i hope to see (laughs) lemon hope more lemon hope i hope to see you know more work on the landy or you just getting into more automotive stuff um this idea that maybe you had gone into either customs or restorations of old vehicles is something that not only could i see you doing genuinely now but i i hope maybe in the future as you just maybe either find more time or or, you know your schedule gets a little bit more relaxed there was uh, a conversation i had with my dad because one of the other things i did uh this week was i had to move the the volvo um because the clutch and brakes are fucked on it so that's it's in the garage at the moment now because i just i don't have the the time or the space to be able to work on it myself um and at the moment the body for my uh hot rod pickup is being stored uh at my mum and dad's place in it well it's being stored in a sawmill next to their house um and the guy that owns the sawmill wants to sell it so dad basically said yeah this summer you might have to have the body back which means um I'm going uh, to have to do it. Yeah, basically, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to get the the chassis to the point where the outriggers are built and I can put the body back on it, uh, which is is a good incentive to get that shit done. Because once that's done, I can start working on the engine and then building everything else out around that. So hopefully this summer, uh, if the weather's good and if we're not good, because one of the problems I had, the, the last few years is the fact that I was taking time out of my IT job to work festivals at weekends. So yeah, I, I didn't really have weekends. It was always, I was either working or working. Um, so without doing festivals again this year, which I don't think we're going to be doing, cause I don't think there's going to be any on. Um, I'm hoping that some of the weekends I can spend getting work done on the truck and get that at least to the point where, you know, it's, it looks like the, the ends in sight sort of thing. Um, so it looks like a feasible task rather than a, um, a whole elephant, as it were. So, I like to think. That I like to think as well. 
Come for me. I like um, think stuff. The Steve, if you'd have stayed in that and done events management, if I was maybe not doing what I do and I was in catering or something, yeah, and Brett was still in media, I like to think we'd still end up where we are now. Yeah. Just with slightly, yeah, with slightly different facets. Because even you talking about Steve, oh, I'd, I'd be out of the country. Yeah. And and I think just given how paths cross, so even when we were at Good Life last year, yeah, my boss's daughter was there from my, <laughs> my, my first head chef. Yeah. So she ended up going from catering to events and, yeah. and you know, literally knowing Al. Yeah. So we, we, we would have met eventually anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this yeah, mad. yeah. Uh, uh, there's a romantic part of me that still thinks we, we'd still be doing this podcast, but it would be called. Oh, yeah, be so brilliant though. <laughs> I love that. Think how That's many cool. random animation and video projects I would just be so keen on making because I have a full time <laughs> job making videos and animations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do miss some of those days. Getting yeah. the getting the brief. It happens so rarely, but getting the brief <laughs> from a marketing guy that would just be like, "We need you to animate." This really goofy thing. You think you could do that? I'm like, yes, I get to spend the next <laughs> week making this video. Amazing. Um, who's next? Al, you're asking Brett. Yes, I am. So, Brett, um, quickly, whilst you do that, I'm just going to grab some water because my throat is fucking killing me. All right. All right. Um, Brett, you have a choice. I'm, I'm opening this up. You've got a choice of two, whichever you think will be the most entertaining. So, scenario one. What if we were living in the Bronze Age, so 3000 BC? You know, you've, you've still got ropes. You've still got rudimentary lock mechanisms. You've got wheels, axes. Um, you haven't got any brass, but you've got bronze. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, given your current endeavor and your experience with other metals other than steel, um, would that be a scenario you want to live in? Or scenario, but, uh, Steve, Brett's got two scenarios to choose from. Okay. One is... Why did he get a choice and I didn't? Because I'm a better questioner than you. Um, so the first scenario is that Brett is Brett now, but in the Bronze Age. Yeah. Doing what he does. Exactly yep. the same. Telling stories, engaging people, making stuff. Second option is you're on a moon base. Ooh. It has to be Earth's moon. It can be any moon. But obviously Ooh. you're in some sort of atmospheric sealed environment. I like the moon base idea. They have potential access to exotic materials. Yeah. Said moon, don't know. I've, I've, not, done, I've not done my basic research. I asked for <laughs> moon Brett. I asked for one piece of clarification. Is Moon Brett by himself? Or is this a community? Not, not the film Moon. <laughs> I didn't ask if I had clones buried underneath me. There are Spoiler other people alert. on the Moon base. But, you know, it's, it's, it's early space exploration Moon base. It's not um, the Expanse. You know, we're not okay. living in, like, fucking downtown vegas moon moonland it's okay it's like the martian it's, it's that level of moon base so i know which one i'm gonna pick but i'm gonna clarify why i'm not picking the other one 
I don't like the moon base idea. I, like it's fun in theory. Which of these two things do you like? <laughs> well, I kind of wanted to I'm clarify that. Choice of where you can live. I'm giving you a choice of two stories to tell. You well, yeah, be- I don't want to tell the moon story because it's not. If you're saying that this is me existing, me now existing, these two things, all these people that want to go to Mars and start the new civilization, I am not. Yeah, one but of you, them. you will have you will have the point of view and perspective of life of someone who lives on the moon. I'm not saying you from today has to transport there. I'm saying if if there was a medieval, if there was a uh, a Bronze Age Brett. So I'm not saying you now have to travel back in time to the Bronze Age and never have a McRib again. I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean there is a Bronze Age Brett or there's a Moon Brett. So you would have you would have all the nuances, experience, and desires of someone who lived on a moon. But would it be that much different? Now, there's details here, Allah. Fill if you're in. on the moon, Just but you're sorry. somebody that's from Earth, whatever moon it is, it doesn't you matter. Might not, you, you, might, to... you might have been born there. You might not, that's you what I'm saying. Know. Then yeah, everything is normal. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck it. We're going Bronze Age, Brett. So okay. <laughs> if just based on... Uh, I could only assume that even... Goddamn Mooner. <laughs> even in this scenario where it's not me traveling back in time, if I just... Same kind of personality, same type of inquisitive young child that I was, especially not having television. Oh, boy, howdy. I believe I would be out on the regular just trying to learn and and feed off of, you know, creative people, craftsmanship and and material usage or whatever. Because just the idea that I was able to mark, make a mark on a piece of paper and have it represent something Mm -hmm. was enlightening to me as a child. But I didn't really know a lot about it. So then I just sat in front of the TV and just drew things. I have a, no doubt that if I was stood in front of a bronze smith who was making things with bronze, I would probably become fascinated with that. And not to assume that I would become a blacksmith, but leather tannery, you know, nice. rope making, all of that kind of fabric work back in the day. I can only assume I would have been the same child that's just intrigued by the creation of these things, you know? And I really wasn't all that exposed to, I'd say I was exposed to things like carpentry growing up because of my grandfather and a couple of uncles that I had, but it was a really far stretch because they had all kinds of tools and workshops and skill saws and all this stuff. Good Lord. Bronze age would be minimal tooling, (laughs) wonderful craftsmanship. I love the, like the statues and, like statues and sculptures, you know, I've told you guys even here on the podcast that working with stone or carving stone is something that still interests me and I hope to get mm. into in the future. I think I would be absolutely, my my cup would overflow with crafts to try and jump into. And because there's no other distractions, I'd probably have a ball. Yeah, that's a good shout. I think I would end up going into craft of some sort. I don't know that it would really matter which one it was, but. I was going to say back back then, your, your choices are basically either craft Farmer, soldier, <laughs> jester. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not one for war and fighting, but it would be very prevalent in a time like that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not 100% sure if I would have the same kind of weird strategies going through my head about like, how am I going to survive this one? It's I'm in the front line and I'm just supposed to run at those guys with the spear. <laughs> 
because I, all the video games I've played have taught me many things. If I see a wall with a little bit of rubbly rock in front of it, I need to blow it up because there's probably a really special shield behind it that will help me defeat my enemies. And if you kill I little know that. people, chickens pop out of them. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I know this whole question is based around the the what if this is my entire existence. But even now, I look at opportunities like that. I think it would be, even if it was for a month or six mm-hmm. months, I think the experience gained from that uh, would only feed my my soul that revolves around wanting to do things by hand or seeing how minimal I can go to create these things because it's what people did hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. God, it would be so cool knowing that you just you grow up and you have all these minimal tools and then you end up becoming like the village, I don't know, rope maker. And you're just like, oh, <laughs> he makes the best ropes. You go to that guy for the good ropes. Nice. Yeah, see, that's a, that's a good question. I'm thoughts, thoughts, and <laughs> thoughts and things. Um, right, should we do uh, next one, which is yep. Alphonse? You are asking, Brett? No, I just did. That's what that was. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course it was. Fuck. Steve, you're meant to ask Al, right? That's it. Uh, right, Al. Um, so you've been fired from your job. You yep. are, are no longer working as a color inner and you're given a grant by uh the local council i guess the local authority um uh and a premises and you have to put on um classes for kids uh for one afternoon a week as in like all the different schools are going to come to you for half a day each so every day you'll have a bunch of kids in for half a day Ten classes a week. Ten classes a week. Got you. What are you going to teach them? What are you going to spend? What are you going to spend your money on? How are you going to kit it out? And what are you actually going to teach? Because you no, could I'm... just say, "I'm going to teach geography and point at some maps." No, 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 no. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take cues from Brett's first answer on the um, the set build of the ship. Yeah. And what we'd do is we'd have different. Kind of like Crystal Maze again, callback, and it would be a different topic and a different subject in a different room. For so, this is great because I found a property in Leeds for sale last mm. year. I was just romanticizing about the idea of, of buying a place, yeah. And I think it was a special school, like a special needs school, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was essentially a building in the middle of nowhere, not in town. And it was on a, you know, in batteries not included where they knock down all the houses in the street, but they leave the one that they're yes. living in. It was yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. And it Amazing. was like four stories high and they had all these different rooms in and it was set up like a school. So there was like offices, but I think it was at one point a townhouse. Yeah. And each of those rooms would be a different thing. And so, so whenever, every time the kids would come, it would be a different subject. Yeah. So it'd be like Romans and then it would be, space exploration and then it would be biology and then it would be cooking and then it would be robots and that's the so that's how i'd keep the kids entertained but it's also how i'd keep myself entertained like yeah. if i was just teaching geography every day i'd go fucking insane yeah all day every day just teaching geography and not even to the same students so each yeah. time you'd have to start again so yeah. like, oh fucking i've already told these lot so the the way i'd make it compelling for all involved would be have a different lesson every time. Nice. I like that. 
Would you would you run run like traditional style classes? For oh fuck classes? no, no, it would be <laughs> it would be like I, I knew that answer before I even asked. Every, but I well, no, 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 no. To counteract that, some of them might be as part oh. of the theme. So yeah. like to keep today it we're going to have, yeah, today we're going to have a proper lesson where we sit down and we and you just basically copy things into a book that I tell you. What's a yeah. book? <laughs> um, but it would largely be like um Greg Davies, just yeah. Just shouting, <laughs> shouting abuse at children until they they either laugh or cry. Yeah, um, yeah. While, but but everything would be about creativity, like mm. learning mathematics through creativity, learning French through creativity. You know, yeah. Getting something to to la- like, even if they don't necessarily learn things, it's just getting them to remember things. So I I remember that lesson because we did that exercise. Yeah. You know that that's what always stuck with me um as a kid was not learning things it was the things that happened in the lesson yeah so like a maths teacher doing a test with like different colored you know the the different colored hats experiment where you're in front of the person like i remember that i don't remember the maths or learning anything from it but i remember the the activity yeah yeah no i i like that because i i think i think a lot of people are like that. Like they, they have these really fond memories of oh, back when I was in school. I remember this one time we did this <laughs> this thing, and they don't remember, or they don't consciously remember like the the facts and figures and numbers of it. But they remember the actual the core of the lesson because yeah. they remember that experience. And yeah, I think that's. I mean, this goes back to the the fabled lost episode where we spent the entire time complaining about um, lost the education <laughs> system. Uh, <laughs> But like, yeah, I think I think the the entire education system in both the UK and especially in in America, from what friends have said about it, like it needs a huge overhaul anyway. Mm. And I think people are starting to realise that kind of that experience is as imp- as important, or possibly even more important than than just reading shit out of a book. Um, yeah, and let's say I, I I knew from the outset that I wanted to ask you a kind of educational question because that's very much I don't want to say that's how I see you as an educator, but because I don't know if educator is the 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 term that I would use more a kind of inspirer, um, like I can definitely see you inspiring people to to want to learn themselves. I do. I agree with that, especially when it comes to the kiddos, uh, that in this scenario where he's the the teacher of all of these students, he's got 10 classes a week. There's not a doubt in my mind that after that first week, like first year yeah. that it's ever gone down after the first week, all of the kids come back being like, this is the best part of my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. Coming 100%. Here. Crazy old Al is doing <laughs> new with us today, and he's got loads of toys, and he got them from a weird auction site from Japan. And also, there's a guitar outside that looks like a tank. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it would have been amazing. I'm picturing myself as a child with Al. Like, no, <laughs> Al. Like, man, you would have fed so much of my creativity as a child. Yeah, but the thing is, I like I what, and without blowing too much smoke up Al's ass, like I. I don't think it, it is just for kids. Like, I definitely think you you are very good at inspiring people to want to learn more and want to better themselves. Um, so as opposed to someone that's just sitting there 
regurgitating information, you inspire people to go out and find that information for themselves. Mostly because they can't understand a fucking word you're saying. Um, <laughs> so they can't ask you the question. But, but yeah. I will say that because I've been watching Odd Tinkering and some of the video game console restoration people, I've been watching them for months. Nice. But now that Al's doing it, I have a tab open on eBay right now with a GameCube sitting there, <laughs> not working. I, it's been six months I've been watching guys do that kind of stuff. Now that Al's doing it, I know I'm going to get a better sense of how I want to approach it by watching yeah. Al more so than the other guys. No offense to them, but I fucking yeah. like Al and I like how he does shit. Yeah, and I think a lot of people feel like that. In fact, I think you could almost say that a lot of people think that Al is spiffing. Think that's all cool. Al, have you got an order? Yes, it's bizarre. Bizarre, which means Brett, you are first. All right. I'm going to go for a YouTube channel that I started watching a while back. And as much as I wish he produced videos on the regular, uh, it strikes me that there's a ton of work put into editing these and compiling the footage and the information about them. But there's a channel called Summoning Salt, and the majority of the videos on the channel are discussing speedrunning and world record progressions in video games, which may not interest a ton of people, but something is fascinating about the idea that someone's able to take an old video game and then push it to its absolute limit, right? How fast can you complete these things that as children, or at least as when I was a kid... <laughs> I don't even remember finishing the original Zelda game. I don't think I was ever capable of doing that because retro video games, especially on the NES, were just difficult or, or very trying. Something about lacking dexterity or or understanding the knowledge of what the programmers were trying to get me to do in the game. Um, so the videos give you a lot of information and kind of tell the story of how these world records of finishing these games has progressed over the years. The battles that went back and forth between these speedrunners that you've never heard of that have hilarious usernames on the leaderboards, <laughs> like Hacker X24 now holds the first place record for Zelda. You know, it's harmless fun as far as I'm concerned. And I love hearing the stories about this kind of weird small subculture that I've talked about plenty before with Games Done Quick and how I try and donate to this good cause that's all about nerdy video game players. Something fascinates me about that. So, Summoning Salt, I think it's worth a fun watch. It's great background noise, too. I think, yeah, I think to your point, Brad, it's, it's not even necessarily about the game. So you don't have to like retro gaming. It's about him telling the story yeah, mm -hmm. and the kind mm -hmm. of the the... The drama that builds up to it and the, the, the twists and turns along the way. I love it. It's Little did they know yeah, that yeah, the yeah, Japanese exactly. speedrunner yeah. was coming up hot on his trail. And you're yeah. like, oh, who's this guy? Oh, like in, in Europe, because the TVs run at 50 hertz and not 60 hertz, like you're technically playing oh, it slower. And it's like, yeah. oh, fuck. I, I love it. I, I appreciate that you also watch Al and also suggested it for me. Well, I, pay, I pay attention <laughs> when, when you spiff things, Brett. So I, I actually care. Thank you. I, I'm really glad that you watched. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, a fuck segue. you both. Uh, yeah, that yeah, I give it on. Um, I am gonna go. I'm gonna completely ignore both of you. Uh, I'm gonna go for a complete uh, respiff of um, one of the people in the Falls with Tools group, um, but for an entirely unique, re unique, new, new reason. Uh, so Fern Webb who is 
a just all round fucking ace person. Um, in the weekly Spiff Yourself Saturday post, um, she's made a pair of sneakers, which to me is trainers, but and she did it from this. Uh, she got she got the sole and pattern from sneaker kit sneaker kit dot eu uh which is basically you you buy like a the sole of a shoe and it gives you a pattern uh to cut out and you can make your own trainers and they've got either a high top or a low top version and they're really fucking cool uh and i really want to get a kit and make my own now and like that it says that they're designed to be made out of like using um leather and i'm, I'm assuming it's quite like thin like goat leather or something like that but I think Fern made hers out of uh, black canvas and a green liner um, to give it a bit more structure and also because she didn't want to use leather. But like the amount of ideas of different kind of materials and fabrics and things that you could use for that. I mean, fuck, you could, if you wanted, you could make that out of like really thin gauge copper Ooh. or something like that. Like the the possibilities are fucking limitless. Um so yeah, I I got super excited about that, and then then realized that I I don't get paid until next week. So hopefully, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll remember. But then, but yeah. Um, so I guess in a way, it's a it's a double spiff of both Fern because she's fucking ace, and uh, sneakerkit.eu because it's a really cool concept and it's something that I definitely want to try out. Because why the fuck wouldn't you? You could do all kinds of cool shit with it. And, and it would be perfect for someone like Jess who doesn't want matching trainers. She can make <laughs> her own trainers and have them Genius. as ridiculous as she wants. Um, so yeah, uh, that's mine. Nice and short and sweet. Like it. Um, so when I was kind of romanticizing about the camper build, I was looking at every generic, I converted my Volkswagen yeah. into a camper van and they're all the same. Um, and I think I just let it autoplay. And it ended up on just some guys with a garage in the UK uh, just doing like salvage cars and restoring them. So things that would normally go to scrap. So you go to an auction and it's like not drivable, not um, people from the public can't buy them, but they're either just going to be ripped up part for parts or yeah. going to scrap. Um, and it's called Salvage Rebuilds UK. And it was literally just a guy, and you can tell he's filming on his phone, and it's really lo-fi. And I was watching it, and he's he's doing the voiceover, but he's doing it live. Yeah, and he's yeah, doing yeah, it yeah. as as if he's doing it after the fact, and keeps like apologizing <laughs> for stuff in the film, but then not editing it, not editing it out later. I was like, oh, yeah. this is really quaint. I was like, they've got three hundred videos. It's like they've not. <laughs> This isn't like them starting out. This is, <laughs> this is his YouTube channel. Yeah. And, and every video is like, oh, sorry about the wind, folks. And the, all you can hear is wind because <laughs> he just doesn't understand how he's using like. But like, I I just love that because he's not putting yeah. any effort into the the the, um, the production value of this at all. Yeah. It's, it's just him the... doing a time lapse of like f taking out the spark plugs. And, and he says it, all right, folks, I'm going to put it on time lapse now. And then goes yeah. over and stands and puts the camera on and switch <laughs> and you hear him switch it to time lapse and then it yeah. shows the time lapse and he comes back and goes, uh, I, I know you've all said in the comments that you don't like time lapses, but I did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the channel's great and they, they just get like Ooh. any car from any auction that they can get their hands on. Yeah. And they're just like, right, what needs fixing? 
oh, it's the I fuel just... injectors, or oh, we need to replace that panel, or we need to do the wiring. I've just seen that he's got a, a Range Rover Classic LSE. So at yeah. the minute, yeah. they're in the middle of the Range Rover, and yeah. then the middle of my all-time favorite car, Mark One Golf GTI convertible in white. Yep. Yes. Which is a fucking dream. Um and they've fucking just fucking rare as well now. Yeah, and they've just they just got it for like a few hundred quid because it's just a non so they're all non-runners. So they're all yeah, cars yeah. that just don't run. And the, and but but all with the caveat that they don't know what's wrong with them. Yeah. So all they do is they just problem solve. They go around, right, is it this? Is it that? To your point, Brett, earlier, put plug in the ECU thing, work out what the error code is. If it's that wipe it start again and, and i just love the process that they go through just this problem solving thing you know bit by bit and yeah. then he's like well okay so that's going to cost me 90 quid once i've put the hours in the car then owes me two and a half grand let's see what they're going for oh they're going for five right it's worth doing yeah and they'll do it and it is he's, he's, he's as like it's as triage as that it's like is it going to pay me back what I put into it? If not, it can go to scrap. Wow. Um, yeah. But I just fucking love it. It's a great channel. It's really down to earth. He's like some sort of, I think he's from like Romford or something. He's, he's <laughs> some some yeah. sort of London. <laughs> yeah. <Peter. laughs> but they've got some great cars on there. Like you said, Steve, they've got, they've got a classic Range Rover. <laughs> they did got a, a Peugeot 306 GTI. Will it yeah. run? Yeah. And the thumbnail, is it doing a burnout? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he, 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 um, they had an, like a 29, an MG that's been just in a garage for 29 years. Yeah. Like rusted as fuck, disgusting. And like the end of the episode, he's just doing like handbrake turns. <laughs> <laughs> like the, this is not a respectful restoration channel. It's very much yeah. like Hack Shack. Like, can I get it running? Can I paint over the spots? Is it sound? And then he'll yeah. go and like he'll go and sell it to like a little old deer who needs a car to run around. Yeah. But they do they do anything. They'll do a camper van. They'll do a full like um, van. You know, yeah. they'll do tiny little minis, Fiat five hundreds, anything. So it's, a, it's just a fun channel. And a jet ski, apparently. Anything. He's doing a motorbike. I was like, why are you doing a motorbike? <laughs> it's, like, it's all the same, isn't it? Um, it's but I love brilliant. it. Yeah, I love it. Salvage rebuilds UK. Yeah, that I I really want to get off this podcast so i can uh, <laughs> i can go watch some of these videos that's fucking brilliant yeah good shout man i i approve um cool any other business just type aob into google um <laughs> you uh yeah you sent us a message saying we need to come back to this remind us oh, no, no, no. This. no that, that that was a uh, uh for when we're off air that's talking oh, okay. business oh well they have um, no idea what we're talking about no uh fuck um, great content leave this in brett yeah, definitely. I, I, fuck, fuck knows. I, I can't remember. Uh, I'm sure I'll think of it in like three minutes time when I uh, get off the thing. Was it um, Phil's lovely video that you put out? Yes, that was it. That was it. Yes. Yeah. Phil from Phil Makes Things has a vi new video out. Go and watch it. He is a wonderful human. So yeah, if you want to find us, you can find us in all of the usual social media places. You can find me at Moonshine Networks. You can find Brett at Skull and Spade 13. And you can find Al at Al's Hack Shack. <laughs> there we go. Uh, if you want to find us as a group, uh, Fools with Tools. And that's it. So we shall see you all in the next one. Until then, we love you. 